Welcome to Ghibli Minute. Ghibli Minute. I'm Richard Dunham. And I'm Diego Dunham. Ghibli Minute is the podcast where we talk about Studio Ghibli movies one minute at a time. Minute by minute. Or minute by minute. Another way to say that. Today we're talking about Castle in the Sky, Minute 103. 103. Which starts with Muska upset by tree roots. And it ends with Muska impressed by a spinning blue octahedron. I think that's an octahedron right it's got eight sides four on each like yeah. four on the top four on the bottom right yeah yeah so he does not he does not like that there he's are, not up he's not chill with these tree roots this sets him up as the technocrat against nature right this kind of sets him up this kind of sets up some of the themes here yeah of the movie yeah sets him up as like made like Kind of the antithesis of Sheeta, I guess. Sheeta comes from a farm. Yeah. She comes from a farm. Living close to nature. Yeah. Muska's militant, doesn't like tree roots. Yeah. Sheeta's living by herself, like kind of independently. I don't know if that's subsistence farming or something, but it's not. Yeah. And then Muska is part of the bureaucracy. He's got a bunch of henchmen. Yeah. So if you juxtapose them. (laughs) Roots have invaded even here, right? Yeah. Eventually, we'll burn them all. That's... That's not cool. That's not cool. And, like, the way Muska, like, very aggressively, like, goes over the route that covers the elevator and Sheeta just calmly walks under it. Yeah. That's that's a big sign. Yeah. Of their complete opposites. Yeah, Muska's still got his tiny little notebook. He's alone with Sheeta. What? Wait, 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 what? He's alone with Sheeta. Yeah? What are you saying? Oh. It comes down to just the two of them. It comes down to just the two of them because only royals can enter. Yes. I love the, so here and probably the next minute too, but somebody knows how tree roots work. Like when you try to When you try them. to break them. Yeah. So somebody's been, somebody's. Somebody's pulled Somebody's tree been roots. with me as I try to clear the brush from the fences in my backyard. <laughs> this is, but just the way that he. Yeah, I mean, he tears them apart at like and 25. And then the way that they react, yeah, yeah, like twenty five. They're not right. They don't break out. They don't break off right at his where he where he wants grabs them, them or to, something. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely you know a structure and like they'll move out only slightly from their original position. Yeah, and then when when he rushes in like about minute or I'm sorry, second fifty fifty one, is he yeah. pulling them apart? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Muska finds a symbol on the wall and he gives Sheeta the yeah, what creepiest is with, what look. What is that look? What is this? He like, it's so creepy. He's so impressed with himself. He wants to, it's like he wants somebody else to be impressed as well. He yeah, wants somebody else like, to acknowledge how cool this is. You see this? This is Are so you cool. you seeing this? Yeah, like this look really reminds me of, oh, I can't. Oh, I, I bet I've seen this in a couple of anime, but like I feel like maybe an assassination classroom or even sket dance, like like the whole cast of the show will trust someone, and then that someone will get too close to someone who doesn't want to get super close, and this is like this is the exact face they'll make when they're trying to make a move, or they'll be like, "No one can help you now." <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, it's almost like. He's thinking, ha, you didn't think I could do it, but I did I'm it. I'm doing I'm it. I'm doing it. You hear showing, that, Mom? Showing you, yeah. 
you see me now, Do you see me now? <laughs> Do you see me now? What was it called? Oh my gosh. Creepio? What? No, Creepio, but like where he goes. The there's a name for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you haven't seen it yet. The Oral Knots. The Oral Knots Star Wars series is so good. Yeah. Yeah, but like Muska puts the pendant on the symbol and Muska's got that pendant tied to his hand. Yeah. Like really he wrapped that around his hand. It makes it convenient, yeah. Yeah. And the symbol lights up and a door opens to like bluish light and then we see the core. Yeah. And I don't why do you think the plants like the tree roots are clustered around? Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask this. Does the core attract nature? So I wrote down the notes here like why are the plants growing here? Cuz this is completely inside. Yeah. So the the but there's actually kind of two issues, right? So number right. 1, there are actual plants leafy plants like their leafy structures are here yeah so leaves are where like the photosynthesis happens yeah so So they're conducting photosynthesis i guess it's the room is lit so there is light in here so i guess they can conduct photosynthesis there but there's their extra radiation i don't know i don't know what because like i was thinking that like maybe the crystal gets all its energy from plant life like that's why it works so well i guess it's an energy source that depends on nature. Hmm. So why is... So I would, like, I don't know. But why are the roots... So the second issue is why are the roots clustered around it? Yeah. Because the roots, they don't do photosynthesis, they... right? So now we need a botanist because I'm going to start talking out of yeah. my hat here. But... Yeah. I mean, the roots are gathering nutrients from the ground. Right. So are there nutrients to be gathered from this crystal? From, like, the air? I mean, these roots aren't... Like the ends, I, I suppose. I mean, this kind of tells you that this is the the crystals kind of feeding the big tree, right? That's yeah, and that's what we get at the end credits, right? Yeah, where the crystal in the middle of like the huge tree just kind of floats up into space. But I guess it's not something you should think too hard about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a cool room. Though. I mean, it's, it's a cool like he cool. walks. It's, it's very like... cool. He walks in, especially just like he like he sees the water on the floor. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, my gosh. That's a big sign. That, like something is in ruins, right? <laughs> when there's the there's water's water covering the floor. the floor. Yeah, yeah it's, it kind of reminds me of like when you go to a, like a garden and there's like a plaque in the middle. It's like in yeah. memory of someone or like this garden is dedicated to so-and-so. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that feeling where like there'll be like bushes of flower, like tall grass yeah, yeah. around a plaque. Yeah, Muska just goes to town, just swatting away all of these plants. Yep, and then he pulls the roots out and reveals that the octahedron. Yeah. So the octahedron it reminds me of um, the Inkal. The what? The Inkal. So uh, Alejandro Hodorowski. Okay. Right, when he failed to make Dune right. in the 70s. Oh, right. We've seen, we watched that documentary, Hodorowski's Dune. Mm-hmm. He worked with one of the one of the artists that he had hired to do some of the concept work for Dune. Yeah, Mobius, who's a big uh, comic artist, right? A big French comic artist. So the two of them did this comic book together, which kind of explored a lot of the ideas that he wanted to do for Dune. In for Dune, yeah, which is called the In Call. So that originally was originally published from starting in 1980. 
80 through 88. But the in call is kind of like this, um, it's kind of like a MacGuffin, but it's the, you know, this kind of magic heart of the universe or something this big, or this big crystallization of power. But there's like a, as I remember it, I could maybe remember it a little bit wrong, but there's like a dark in call and a light in call. And they're basically oh. two halves of an octahedron. Like one half is oh, black okay. and the other half is, right. is white. And they kind of fit together. What happens when you put them together? I can't remember, but yeah, it's, you know, it's cosmic. Whatever it is, yeah. it's cosmic. It's you cosmic. can bet that it's cosmic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have you played Sims? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good call. Yes. This, what, this yeah. blue. Yes. Octahedron. Reminds me of that. <laughs> the green. <laughs> so you had this mystic thing that was yeah. important to I mean, you. It's, it's and I'm over here just like Sims. <laughs> the Sims. I mean, they're all living. That's cosmic, right? They're all living yeah, in a simulation. Cosmic. Yeah. I feel like there are a bunch of movies with like a main gem as like a power thing the dark crystal dark crystal it's a big one right there yeah um yeah i feel like a bunch of others right i feel <laughs> like i feel like i see this trope all the time not all the time but like often well this is the big thing of like the early final fantasy games oh crystals yeah. right you're looking for the crystal crystal emblem and then the uh yeah and then the like the subtitle for final fantasy 9 oh. the crystal comes back <laughs> they yeah. brought back with all the a little bit of like the super deformed cartoony characters right. and the crystal it's a good game right. final fantasy 9 yeah good one all right you got anything else no no not for 103 not yeah all right see you next time then on on ghibli, ghibli minute, minute.